Welcome to C3 Church, Queen's Beach. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoyed this message today. Well, I don't want to shock anyone, but you know, the last couple of years have been really challenging. <laughs> so I don't know if you've noticed, but um, yes, it might have been this little thing that you heard of called COVID. I don't like to bring it up, but anyway, I've just said the C word, but now we'll move on. And it threw a little bit of a spanner in the works for us all. And as you know, for quite a time, we were unable to gather together. We were blessed to have online church and that was beamed via YouTube and that was amazing. It was sort of fun at first, don't you reckon? Just sort of staying at home and watching, you know, we watched in our pajamas. We were pretty slack um, at first. and But then very quickly, the novelty wore off. Um, we were missing people so desperately. So then as QB, we started a coffee Zoom meeting. So we'd watch church at 9.30 and then 10.30 between 10.15 and 10.30 and I'd quickly get out of our pyjamas and I'd like, <laughs> do my hair, <laughs> maybe put on a tiny little bit of makeup. So we could join and have a coffee time together and have see all your faces at least. And that was actually really fun. Like Kylie and Brett would be in a different place in the world. We'd be, oh, you're in San Francisco today. How's the weather there? And they'd have a different backdrop. And, you know, one day it was crazy hat day and everyone had crazy hats on. And we just tried to make it fine because we just missed each other and wanted to see each other's faces and be in fellowship together because we missed that gathering because we are created for fellowship. God put us in a family and he wants us to be in the actual presence of people. And I really appreciate the amazing resources that we have online and really appreciate our lead pastors, Jason M. Schroeder, for faithfully posting every week since COVID started and they're still continuing to do that online and their team and it's absolutely amazing. And it's so good when we are sick or we're in isolation or we've been on holidays and we still want to catch up on hearing God's word or having that meeting and that service that we can join into. But it's not the same as gathering together. When we're watching online, I'll tell you now, I wasn't in my family room standing up and praising and worshipping. I wanted to, but Connor and Lockie were looking at me like, Mum, sit down, that's just embarrassing. <laughs> and it was, I didn't do that. There was no feedback and encouragement and smiles for the preacher who was doing that. You have no idea how much it means to us when we're on the platform to see the smiling faces, to hear Eden and Laura and all these folks be like, yes, come on, that's good. If you want a good preach, be vocal, encourage the preacher. There was none of that. I hated recording them. It was just, it was just awful. It just seemed so foreign. There was no personal prophetic message. There was no word of knowledge you know, during the service. That encouragement that we, we get. And there's an atmosphere that is created in the house of God. There's a blessing that is commanded when we're together in unity. 
and it's just not the same when we're not, and it's not meant to be. <laughs> you know, after lockdown and QB, we were still unable to meet at the school where we were having our services at the time. So then we were able to go into house churches. And I was excited to do this. At least we could be together. And um, I have a lot of feedback, um, great feedback about, you know, people really enjoyed that for the season as well. And some, um, some of the comments I've been had recently, I felt comfortable sharing in smaller groups. I loved the question and discussion time where most people were willing to open up and trust was built. We could worship easier than at home alone. <laughs> and, you know, if you miss this special connection, jump into one of our fortnightly connect groups because there's similar connections there and that discussion and getting more depth in the word. That's where discipleship comes in. So I encourage you to do that. But even with house church, we still missed all being together. Yeah. We didn't have... Um, this, we didn't get to see all of the faces. We didn't get to see the different generations. If we were parents, we were in the Life Kids groups, and sometimes there were two of those and weren't together. You know, grandparents weren't with their grandchildren because we were spread out across, across that. I have to apologise for all of you that were ever in my group because I sing really loudly in a circle, and you don't need that. These guys don't have to hear me so much when we're all together. But it was a great opportunity you know, to take advantage of that. So eventually we were able to meet again at the school to have a church back, our church building. I thought people are going to be coming back so it's just going to be packed. You know, that whole lifestyle of, oh, I'll just attend whenever and, you know, um, instead of community, you know, being that committed, community and committed every week, that that would be crushed and there'd be this new appreciation, like, I miss people so much, I want to be back together. And that would be really cemented. And there'd be such a resurgence in the whole body of Christ. But it didn't. I was flabbergasted. I was like, oh, where is everybody? Fear and anxiety took a stronghold, yeah. a foothold, and there was a new complacency that um, took hold, even an apathy and even in some ways a laziness. And we humans love our comfort, that's me, and it's a lot easier just being in your PJs and watching TV. But what happened is the spirit behind COVID attacked the gathering, yeah. the power of being in a room together. Yeah. Many chose to just engage online and even some of that just ebbed away for many reasons, but unfortunately, some of it is because we lost trust. There was lost trust in government and life and even in church and Christians. It was, it's been a very interesting time. <laughs> and isolation is not good for anyone. It's a key weapon that our enemy has. And he has a field day with our mind and emotions when we isolate ourselves and leading us to lose our zeal and our passion for God and for his people and his house. Yeah. And it was a really dark time for Christian leaders. Some of you may not know this. So only half the congregations around the world came back, probably only a third re-engaged in volunteering, which was really challenging. Tides and offerings went down. That, that means that wages and resources are limited and there was a lot of pressure. And over 70% of pastors around the world during this time seriously considered quitting their ministry, which is yeah. very, very heavy. And I have to say that the first time in decades of ministry, it actually went through my mind. And that that's never happened. I am passionate about the church and all that. And I was just 
again, you're isolated, the thoughts go a little bit crazy. <laughs> um, and thousands of pastors did quit, and many churches closed down. And I just thought, well, why am I even doing this? I'm sowing my life and my finance and my time and, and energy, and you know, no one's even wanting to come along, and you know, putting this effort in, and I really experienced the frustration. You know, we make time for entertainment, exercise, holidays, you know, we at work, but we can't even spare, you know, not even two hours a week to come together and worship the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, and be with his children, our fellow brothers and sisters. And there was also this feeling that um, I, I felt in some people that it was just a social club. Well, I'm coming here because that's where my friends are, or people my age are, or that's like, no, it's not a social club. There's plenty of those around. It's a church. Yeah. Church is God's idea. Yeah. It's God's answer for a hurting world. Amen. It's called the ecclesia. It's a Greek word for a called out assembly or congregation. Yeah under his authority. And my heart broke that people were walking away from him, they were walking away from his house, they were walking away from his presence. We don't often think how profoundly social God is. <laughs> He's um, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. For all eternity, the Father, Son and Holy Spirit have shared communion, yeah. commonality and communication amongst themselves. Yeah. And we are made in his image. Yeah. We are social too. That trinity going on is created for love, to worship, to gather corporately and to have true fellowship with one another. That is why we were created. And I asked the QB congregation what they missed when we couldn't gather and why they chose choose to gather again now. And a big thank you to people that I um, reached out to. Nearly everyone responded, and very quickly too. So thank you so much for that. Um, there's a broad variety of responses, but also very similar. So I'm going to share some of these throughout the main points today. And those of you who responded may rec um, recognise your answers. But first I want Sade to come to read her email that she responded to me with and I loved how she just poured out her heart and touched on so many of the key points that the Holy Spirit was speaking to me about too so please welcome Sade she shares with us are we ready yep okay <clears throat> hi <laughs> so my testimony I'm gonna read it it's easier is that when I was away from gathering at church, I felt disconnected uh, physically, even though I was rooted and planted with an online church. Uh, although I grew a lot in biblical knowledge and my personal relationship with Christ, I had an issue with the fact that I wasn't able to worship with my brothers and sisters in Christ. My vessel was overflowing personally and I needed to pour it out through worship, which is my calling and gifting and ministry and fellowshipping with people for his glory and his satisfaction. Uh, he delights in the praises of his people is what scripture says, right? Yeah. This scripture explains clearly how I felt. It's from Psalm 84 verse 1 to 4. How lovely is your tabernacle, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, and even faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Even the sparrow has found a home. 
and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young. Even your altars, O Lord of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house. They will still be praising you. Yes. And then it goes on in verse 10 to say, For a day in your courts is better than a thousand. Yes. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. Yeah. It's like comparing watching a sport or a concert on TV versus being there live. Yeah. <laughs> your senses kick in so you can feel the atmosphere, you smell the different smells, uh, the food, the perfume, the mud, everything. Rugby, and you hear the accents and footsteps. <laughs> you can see people and the surroundings. Uh, you can even touch uh, people and feel the seat you're sitting on. Yeah. It's just different. So the same goes for, for example, my in-laws in South Africa. Uh, you know, they have Zoom meetings with us often, frequently, and they would give anything to physically touch and smell, not taste, my children. <laughs> Not smell the boys all the time, but yes, most of the time. <laughs> the fountain of youth. Um, so Matthew uh, 12, verse 49 to 50 says, And he stretched out his hand towards his disciples and said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother, my sister, and my mother. So how much more so would we not want to be together, you know, as much as what in-laws do, family does, you know, how much more so would we for each other? I personally felt selfish for keeping the Lord to myself. I desperately wanted others to encounter Him the way that I do, and even more than what I do. To encounter His love and His fire the way that I did. So I love being able to worship in church and seeing people cry and smile with joy, have freedom, have healing when we sing together. Amen. That is what I love most, seeing the Holy Spirit work in people's hearts and seeing Him move in power. The church is where I feel a sense of belonging. And it's the body of Christ. So being in church is like having the perfect or complete body and there are no body parts missing. Um, By actively being involved in church and volunteering, I'm helping the body to be complete and whole. For his purpose, for his kingdom, but also to receive from the parts where I'm in need. The scripture says in Ephesians 4.16, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by whatever joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth for the body, for edifying of itself in love. Yeah, okay. I also want to pray for and with people with the laying on of hands. It's just powerful. Mm-hmm. And to feel the presence of the Lord more, you do. You feel the healing and the deliverance happening more so than from an online service. Yes. The gifts of receiving word of knowledge is more evident in my opinion. Matthew 18 verse 20 says, For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Yes. He's here. To physically hug someone and smile at someone, to look into their unique eyes, it's the most effective act of demonstrating love to each other. It's how God created us to connect with each other. Mm. And um, to enable us to feel appreciated, recognized or cared for, that we're not alone. It's significantly different than to just hear it or say it over a microphone or a video call. Scripture says in Proverbs 27 verse 17, to gather and fellowship with our brothers and sisters in Christ is like being sharpened in areas where our faith in the sword, the Bible, is blunt. Yeah. He 
Hebrews 10 verse 24 to 25 in closing. It's the scripture that Holy Spirit gave me to get back into church gatherings. He spoke with me. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, for not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another. And so much the more you see the day, capital D, approaching. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Shanae. Is there a share that? There's so many reasons to be part of a church family. Shanae covered so many of those. We'll have a look at those. And you'll see that things that she has said are going to come up under these different points. So benefits when you belong to a church family. You learn your true identity. People often look for their identity in superficial things such as their career, wealth, or favorite sports team. But when you belong to Jesus, he gives you a whole new identity. So here's some quotes. I never knew how much I belonged to my church until our weekly service was disrupted. It was an unreal feeling which has made me realize how important my Christian family is to me. Another one, when I am away from my church family, remembering who I am in Christ and my purpose in life is diluted. I tune into outside voices that would put me down and make me feel unappreciated, unloved, unvalued and unworthy. In church, I know I am redeemed, loved, valued, and God has a wonderful plan and purpose for my life. And I'm encouraged to live out that lifestyle in Him. Another great thing about being in a church family, you are supported by others. Amen. Without the stable support system of the church, you may find yourself collapsing at some point in your life. You weren't meant to do it all on your own. You need physical, spiritual, emotional and mental support. That's why we belong to the church. So God's people can say together, your faith will help me and my faith will help you. We need each other. Another quote, I miss being in community and talking about relevant things in everyday life because I'm a social person. I also miss the hugs too. This comes up nearly everybody's quote. <laughs> now I get to do all that being together. I miss the connection, hugs, face-to-face -face conversation, being in one another's presence, the shared experience that comes when you're together. I miss the fellowship with my family the most, not being able to give our friends a hug hurt, not being able to share food together. I love now that we can give each other a hug, stand, sit closer to each other and share food and conversation with others. I became really aware of this when I was on a mission trip, a beyond trip to Africa, I was say a few years ago, it's actually about eight now. And traveling on my team with me were uh, two ladies who were actually widows. And one of them said, I am just loving this trip. She said, I spend every breakfast on my own. And she said, now every morning I'm having breakfast with nine people that I love. Now at the time, I'm at home with a husband and three little boys. I would have loved some peace and quiet at breakfast time. But it really hit me. Yeah. Oh my goodness. There are so many people yeah. and they spend every meal alone. Yeah. They don't get hugs. I get told so many times in a day that I'm loved. I've done an awesome husband and have hugs. 
And I became very aware as a pastor when I went you know, back home that I was like, I'm just going to hug everybody as much as I can because there's some people that are only going to get that little bit of physical yeah. touch on a Sunday yeah. from from their family here because yeah. they don't have that at home. They live on their own. And that's it's a massive percentage around the world now of people that are actually living on their own and don't have that. And it just made me aware how important church was. And I was concerned during the lockdown, especially for the older generation who, many of them were home on their own and we weren't able to visit them and to see them. It's a very real, real thing. And also the encouragement. You know, you come into church, even if someone says you look nice or they like this or you, it, it means something to you and it's personal and we need that. We need encouragement as humans. That's just the way it works for us. And we provide all this for each other every time we gather. Here's another quote, another bonus of gathering of what they missed. People asking me after me and my week. I miss sharing my news and hearing other people's news. Yeah. I miss good conversation and banter. That's true. We want to be seen and we want to be known. It's so special when someone knows your name. Yeah. It's one of the reasons I go back to my coffee shop. They know me. Hi, Nicole. Usually, yes, thank you. <laughs> when we are together, I love the laughter, support and encouragement. I can share my good news and get smiles. I can share my not so good news and get comfort and encouragement. I can share my challenges and get people to agree to prayer with me. So in meeting in person, you have people smiling at you when they see you, when you're worshipping and when the preacher is sharing the word. Again, we're getting that feedback. The social interaction with fellow Christians and to know you are not alone in your journey is so important. Listening to others, stories of their challenges, their faith and their breakthrough. Um, another one here, I also get to witness miracles and help where I can. Yeah. I love seeing the work of God in people's lives and seeing the progress. I also love hearing testimonies, which is pretty much what I'm doing with you today. I'm sharing people's experiences as their testimonies. I miss standing, singing, worshipping God all together in a strong voice, the Holy Spirit anointing that comes with that and the healing and empowerment. Another thing, another benefit of being in the church family, you discover your unique value. Yeah. Everyone is unique. Nowhere else on earth is there anyone like you. That's why the church needs you. To make the body complete, you need other people and they need you. That's one of the things that Sade brought out. Life kids, the kids can run and play and laugh together again after the service. I love having all the different generations. Uh, here's another quote. I love the genuine personal interaction which has developed since the birth of C through QB. Like any family, we've experienced our ups and downs, births of babies, illnesses, unemployment, hospitalizations, to name a few. The QB family has always been there in prayer and encouragement. That's what I want to be part of, what I love being part of. The genuine friendship. If one is cut, we all bleed. Yes. We can lay hands on each other in a good way, in a prayerful way. <laughs> Prayer together. Every revival in history started or increased with prayer meetings, people gathering together. It's not the same on Zoom. That laying on of hands, moving in the prophetic, learning from each other, yeah. all joining in. 
experience empathy, compassion, words of knowledge, experience God using humans to be the physical hands and feet of Jesus. We need physical touch and that outworking of that. In groups, we build relationships. It's where we are discipled, appreciate individuals, we use our gifts, there's discussion, we learn from one another, there's support, care, growth in the Bible, prayer and discipleship community. There's a safety and a protection there too. It assists us in our spiritual journey. You know, sometimes we have a little bit of a re-correct of our course if necessary. There's accountability, there's wise counsel. Pastoral care and fellowship, that sense of belonging, dwelling together, living in close proximity, being there for each other, protecting each other, because we're never designed to live in isolation. We help each other. I know that in the last season, there's been people picking each other's kids up from school because someone's unwell or unable to. There's been meals dropped off, flowers, gifts. You know, I care about your kids, you care about mine. That's so fantastic. Again, hugs, support with finance. You take a risk and trust others and, you know, I'm going to let you into my life. That's a pretty important thing and helps us to grow. The next thing is you receive protection. What's the benefit of being part of God's flock? You were defended and cared for. You have other people looking out for you and you can enjoy the safety and security that comes from belonging to a family who trust in Jesus, the Good Shepherd. What I love about congregating is how I come to have a sense of belonging, connection, being part of something bigger, that eternal kingdom focus, I loved that, support and it keeps my faith vibrant. A stable Christian life, equipped and empowered where I'm ever growing and increasing in my relevance in the Church of Jesus Christ. Uh, I love this comment. It's like a weekly professional development in ethics and perspective. <laughs> and I thought, isn't that true? You're, we're united around God's word, not opinions, not preference. We put aside our agenda and we're reminded of our purpose to reach others for Jesus. As Pastor Chris Pringle mentioned last week in her preach, as we gather together and hear his word, we mix it with others and it sharpens the axe or sharpens that sword. And that's how we grow. The word of God says faith comes by hearing the word of God. And so as we're hearing that, our faith is growing and it clears away that doubt and anxiety. Yeah. It reminds us to switch on faith. In Galatians 6, 9, to not become weary in well-doing, to never give up. We just need a reminder, don't we? It's like we have a little hole, we leak. We leak our faith. We need to come back and get our faith re-energized and switch it on again. And another benefit, you become productive. You'll never be as productive as God intended for you to be if you're not connected to a church family. Your church teaches you the right questions to ask and the right priorities to set. Yes. A cut-off branch cannot bear fruit, but when you are connected to the truth, you find life-giving energy flows through you to others. Very much that came through what Shadow was saying. Here's another quote. I would miss the little aspects of being together, even the extended setup um, and volunteering together. 
I missed all those people who we didn't get to see, their subtle flavours and personalities, the joyful connections as we shared small moments together, the genuine love, small chats and good humoured smiles and laughs as we bent to tasks or greeting as we passed by. I realised how each person is such a vital part of what I love about church. Another one, I'm excited with the fact that I might be able to help where I can with my life experiences. That gives me a sense of accomplishment. What I love about my church is what I can bring to the table. I have opportunities to help others and contribute to society by attending, serving, giving and encouraging. We belong to each other for benefit of others. A body can only achieve wonderful things when it works together. It's interrelated. We are not independent. I know the world tells us that we should be independent, the secular view, but that is not the kingdom of God. That is not what it's characterized by. Strength and fruitfulness affects every other area, so we need to stay connected. When we're disconnected, we get an attitude. We start imagining there's issues between us and other people. We get disgruntled. But when we see each other again, we're like, oh, that's right, I really like these people. I really love these people. They're great. <laughs> we know we are better and stronger together. When we're feeling weak or vulnerable, we have others around us to hold us up, sometimes to even carry us during a difficult season. And I was reminded of a picture of a hot coal that's in a fire. And it stays red hot and achieves its purpose when it is close to the other coals and it's sharing and giving off heat. But if one coal is in isolation, it cools down, becomes cold and hard, and has no purpose. Yeah. And as people get disgruntled, we need the fire and God to come and warm us up, to stay connected, because it affects every other area of the body of, and our life. We need to commit to attend, engage, pray, serve, give, bring life to others, to keep that passion burning, that fire. Here's a quote from Rick Warren. Nothing in the world can give you what the church gives you. Only the church can meet your need for significance, stability, protection, productivity, and being valued. So true. COVID highlighted and triggered fear, anxiety, and disunity in our society. So people are looking for a place to run to, a place of safety, a place of peace. They want answers. Well, that's what God has provided his church for. We are here to be a beacon, a lighthouse in this community where people can run in and they can be safe. We need to be reaching out to them, inviting them in, standing beside them, alongside them, week in and week out. That's what discipleship looks like, what we're called to. We model how to stand strong through adversity. Psalm 46.1 says, God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble, therefore we will not fear. We run to God in hard times, not from him. How many times have you heard me say that? <laughs> but people tend to skip church and stay away from other believers when they are battling with sin, offence, apathy, or if they feel discouraged. Staying away from church leads to discouragement. It's one of those downward spiralling circles. 
Maybe you know someone who has done this or you've done it yourself at a time in your life when you felt discouraged or depressed. There's many reasons why people do this. Perhaps they're embarrassed that their faith isn't working as fast as they think it should or they're still struggling with the same problems and think they should be over them by now or they don't want anyone to know what they're wrestling with so they disappear from sight or they're simply weary from fighting a very long battle. I know many people get into that situation. We've all have been there. But don't let embarrassment or discouragement keep you away from believers. You need their strength. You need their testimony. You need their encouragement. You need to hear them say, you can do it. You can make it. And that's why Hebrews 10.25 says, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. So the word forsaking is taken from the Greek word. I'm not going to say it correctly. I'm just going to say it phonetically. Ekatakeapontis. Ek meaning out, kata meaning down, and lipo meaning behind. So compounded together means out, down, and beside. <laughs> behind, sorry. They describe someone who's extremely discouraged, defeated, and depressed, feeling left behind. So the moment that people feel like they are failing or falling short of everyone else is often the moment when Satan tells them, just stay home from church. You don't need to be with all those happy, joy-singing people. Just stay home. I'll read your Bible. Just do online. That's enough. Because <laughs> he knows that if we fall out of fellowship with other believers, at the very moment that we need fellowship and encouragement the most, he can probably keep you down and defeated. And it's true, you can read your Bible at home and you can watch online. There's nothing wrong with that. But there's sort of things you can do anyway. <laughs> but fellowship with other believers for is really, really essential and includes you. You receive encouragement from other believers that you can't get anywhere else. That's why church is the first or the last place the devil wants you to go when you're feeling low. He knows if you go to church, you'll be touched by the presence of the Lord. You get encouraged by other believers. And in the end, you'll crawl out of that hole that he's put you in and you'll rise up to a place of heavenly victory. He works overtime to try to tempt you to skip church, connect groups, stay home and do something else instead. But why isolate yourself when your greatest need is actually encouragement? So Hebrews 10.25 could be translated, when you're feeling down and depressed like a failure who's falling behind everyone else, that isn't the time to stay away from other believers as some are in the habit of doing. So instead of letting the devil and your flesh get the best of you in moments of weakness, go find another, other believers, a group of believers who can build you up in faith and encourage you in the Lord. Be real. Tell them about the battles that you're going through. And after fellowshipping with people of faith, you'll feel recharged to go back and face those challenges with a winning attitude. Hebrews 10.25, the word exhorting is a powerful little word. It's the Greek word parakaleo, a compound of the words para and kaleo, meaning alongside and to beckon or speak to someone. So when these two words are compounded together, it depicts someone who is right alongside of a person, urging him, beseeching, begging him to make the correct decision. And in the Greek, ancient Greek world, this was often used for military leaders who would be ready to send their troops into battle, but rather than just you know, telling them it's all going to be all right, they'd actually give them the reality of war and 
and speak straightforwardly with them about the dangers that would be on the battlefield and urge, beseech, beg and plead with them. Stand tall, throw your shoulders back, look the enemy straight on, eyeball to eyeball and face your battle bravely and then also tell them about the glories of winning a major victory. So walking by faith and doing the will of God sometimes places us in the midst of spiritual battles which aren't won quickly. <laughs> if you know someone who is discouraged because their fight isn't won yet, speak to that person truthfully, straightforward, the way a commanding officer would speak to them. Remind the person of others who have stood the test of time and won their battles. Be sure to remind them of the sweetness of victory when the battle is over. They need to hear a passionate exhortation, a word of encouragement from you. And the word exhort in Hebrews 10.25 could mean when you're feeling down and out like a failure who is falling behind everyone else, that isn't the time to stay away from other believers, as some are in the habit of doing. That is the very time you need to come together for the sake of encouragement so you can face your battles more bravely. I love that. So do you know someone that needs some encouragement? Instead of letting it slip by, the Holy Spirit puts them on your mind. Send them a text, catch up with them, send them, send them a word, help them to focus on victory. And think back to the times in your life when someone's done that for you. Hasn't that been so important, such an incredible experience? We want to be able to do that for someone else. Come alongside them. Go out of our way to encourage the troops. I just want to finish on this verse. It's, from, it's the same verse, but it's from the Passion Version. Discover creative ways to encourage others and to motivate them towards acts of compassion doing beautiful works as expressions of love. This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together, as some have formed the habit of doing. In fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onwards as we anticipate the day dawning. Let's just stand all together. I know I'm preaching to the choir here. You're all here, you're gathered together. <laughs> But I encourage you to do that really regularly and to think about some of those people in your world who have taken these different paths to encourage them to come back. Send them the podcast or send, message them and encourage them. We're just going to stand now as Shade is playing this beautiful song, House of Miracles, because this is what we experience as we gather together. We come to a house where Holy Spirit is a house of miracles. That's what we experience together. We're here for one another. Holy Spirit is here. The healer is here. So if you feel comfortable, close your eyes. You can put your hands out in a gesture of receiving, ready to receive. And ask for, for whatever it is that you need from God at this time in this season. If you felt offended or hurt, give that over to him. Ask him to lead you through repentance and healing, bring restitution. If you need healing, that can look like so many things. It can be physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. Ask Holy Spirit to heal you now.
tempted to back off from God and his people. Pray for a strength and resilience to move back into that place. Thanks so much for joining us today on this podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more of our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, head to c3hh.com.au forward slash give.